Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Snell Nation. Sir Thomas here, your friendly neighborhood anti-authoritarian. And we're getting a little close here to the uh, to the end of 2021, folks. Uh, we, we, we made it, um, sort of. And uh, I, I just figured it's, it's only right to do a bit of a uh, abbreviated recap. Um, I know a lot happened this year, kind of like how a lot happened in uh, in 2020. So I, I just felt like there are quite a few things that I, I just want to make sure I highlight. And I want to make this a bit of a, uh, an annual tradition, uh, because what I, I'd like to do is to go back, say, in a few years and um, and, and look at it, or I should say listen and, and then go back and look at some of these headlines um, because you'll you'll start to see kind of a, a pattern, um, especially if you look back at the, the past two years, three years um, of just a steady diet of just nonsense and mayhem that's that's uh, just fed to us, forced down our throats um, by the mainstream media and keeps us pretty busy, ensures that we're only focused on uh, basic needs and, and basic entertainment uh, so we don't take too much time to step back and think and look at what's happening around us objectively and start to ask questions. You know, we, we can't have that. We need good, uh, loyal citizen consumers. That's it. That can nod their heads, can do some basic jobs, pull some levers, um, but never ask <laughs> why they're doing these things or buying certain things or pulling these levers, but to just do it. You know, so without further ado, you know, there were so many headlines. Um, I decided just to um, go by month. Um, and I, I just tried to find a key thing from that month. So let's jump into it. So January is an easy one. Uh, January, we had the the Capitol Hill <laughs> insurrection. I, uh, that word was used so much in the first quarter uh, of this year. It, it was it was insane. And even though there, I, I just a lot of people, I, I don't think they know what that word means. It sounds nice. I don't think anybody has ever seen an insurrection um, or has taken the time to look <clears throat> in the history books at an actual insurrection in other countries when those things have happened um, or an actual coup. That's another thing that was thrown out. You know, it's a coup d'etat. You know, really? A bunch of knuckleheads just breaking stuff and rioting um, and, and uh, a chunk of them being incredibly ignorant. Criminals, possibly. Um, insurrectionists, eh, I, I think I, I don't know about that one. Uh, but it was the it was the talk of the town. And uh, when I when I saw um, the the inevitable happen, which I, I said I tried to warn people, people that said they're going to go there and make their voices heard and all that. And I just looked at them and, and I just thought, well, have you learned anything from 2020? You know, look at what happens when a bunch of us <laughs> get lumped together and we're all excited and we don't have any real direction um, or leadership or any goals or organization. Um, just insanity ensues um, and it uh, works. It works well in the favor 
um, of those special interests. It, it worked well in favor of Congress um, because that's that's an excuse. That's a something you can call back to, you know, even five years from now, there are going to be members of Congress that are going to be bringing this up as a reason why they're introducing some draconian bill or, you know, why more power needs to be consolidated in the hands of the responsible, because look at what these insurrectionists did, you know, and, and people play right into it. I mean, it was, it was masterful. I mean, it was masterfully executed. I mean, just to get people all worked up to have blatant evidence of voter fraud and all kinds of craziness going on, things caught on camera and all that, and then have a bunch of people not care, have attorneys not care, have members of the Supreme Court not care, and pretty much just, you know, slap <laughs> like 100 million people in the face. I mean, I mean, what did they think was going to happen? And of course, um, leading up to January the 6th, you know, having different individuals on Capitol Hill just ignore a lot of the threats, a lot of the concerns, um, and decline um, assistance, federal assistance, and additional security. I mean, it was the perfect storm. And watching it play out in HD, I, I just sat back in my on my couch and it's like, well, I I tried I tried to warn you guys. <laughs> this it's a complete way your your angle is terrible. Your approach is terrible, and this can only end badly. But anyway, that's that's July. I can go on and on about oh, that. Oh. But anyway, that's July. So February. What do we have in February? What was the big thing in February? Oh, right. We had the um, the deep freeze power outage in Texas, uh, which I'm in Ohio, um, but I have some family members. My, my sister, she she's down there with her and her family, and um, uh, checked in on them. And fortunately they, they were doing fine. Um, they were prepared. Um, but so many people weren't, and we're talking, you know, millions of people without power, um, for days, some, uh, for weeks. And it was, it was a combination of things. Um, it was a combination of, well, the, the big one, um, was just the, the leadership and I'll put that in quotes. Um, for for the state of Ohio, or state of Ohio, wow! For the state of for the state of Texas, getting ahead of myself here. The state of Texas, and and it was just it was it was astonishing. Of course, there was you know they had political um, um, uh, members that were flying to D.C. to argue about other things in the midst of this chaos. Um, you had people like Ted Cruz who decided, ah, you know what, I'm just going to go on vacation and and have fun with my family. Um, because I'm special. I'm a political elitist and my people don't need me. And then, of course, um, thanks to social media, he was called out on that and then had to immediately uh, backstep and apologize. And people just kind of accepted his apology because, you know, we we love our political cults and our political cult leaders. So um, that that's all it takes for us to just kind of forgive and forget when someone bails out on on a, um, a a disaster, uh, kind of man made, kind of natural, but a disaster nonetheless. You know, so yeah, that was the big thing for February. All right, March, March. Um, let's see, March, March, March. 
Uh, we had the um, the ever giver uh, blocking the, the Suez Canal. You remember that the the giant uh, uh, boat carrying all the shipping containers and everything, and and we already were dealing with some uh, supply chain issues at that time, and this made it even worse. And no one could really explain to us how it happened. And then looking at it, you know, and the full picture, a lot of us, we were still scratching our heads like this hasn't, this doesn't make any sense, but uh, okay. That's our, uh, our thing for the month to get excited about, to keep us pleasantly distracted. Um, and the lamest excuse in the world um, for a lot of the supply chain issues, but that's what we had. So there's March. April. April. Well, the big standout uh, would have to be the uh, conviction of uh, disgraced former police officer Derek Chauvin, who uh, was found guilty in the killing of George Floyd. We all remember that because, I mean, of course, we we uh, the media forced it down our throats. You would think it was like the uh, the Iraq war, you know, 2003, 2004, where the media just keeps like, you will watch this. You know, this this will matter to you and in and your perspective, we will shape it, give it to you and you will accept it. And that, and that's what it was. It was just, you know, I, I've never seen an incident recorded from so many different angles, from so many different cameras and and in and, and HD quality. And this knucklehead uh, Chauvin took his time. So we were all able to get a close look at, at what happened. And it got everyone all riled up. And I mean, we've already been primed um, over the past few years to be more tribalistic and hedonistic and easily triggered and agitated and emotionally activated. Uh, so when this was forced on us and the media just was it was on a 24 hour spin people ran with it. I mean, there are still people to this day that looks at that incident as being racially motivated. And this police officer was a racist, even though there's zero evidence of that. But, you know, he's a police officer. He's white. The individual that died was black. So obviously race, race has to be an issue. And um, of course, someone black has to be the victim and someone white has to be the, the aggressor or the perpetrator, you know, and that that's the narrative. That's the spin. And it, it set the country on fire. I mean, we're talking 90 plus cities, 276, 277 riots in 2020, dozens of deaths, billions of dollars in property damage. Cities are still trying to recover because the initial riots that happened at the very end of, uh, of May 2020 up until July, um, a lot of those shops, you know, mostly small businesses, when they were trying to restock, when they were trying to recover, there were secondary riots that took place. I mean, it was it was coordinated in such a way that, you know, I called it at the time and I still believe that I still believe it to be true or very close to it. <laughs> that this was, it felt like a coordinated attack against the middle class to stifle the wealth of the middle class, the wealth generation. 
because a great deal of of our ability to generate that wealth comes from the the small business, the, the concept of the small business. And in 2020, I mean, we, we witnessed the demise of uh, tens of thousands of small businesses that will never return. And we saw th- the end of thousands more in 2021. Of course, in 2020, you had the coordinated riots and you had people just running through talking about social justice, um, Black Lives Matter, you know, all that good stuff. No justice, no peace as they destroyed um, uh, mostly uh, black and brown neighborhoods, you know, mostly black owned businesses, minority owned businesses, just just destroying it. And uh, in a lot of these cities, those those business owners, they had very little support from their their uh, local political officials from local law enforcement state level federal level i mean it was very hands off which showed us or it should have shown us the great deal of power that a lot of these individuals wield even at the local level when you're talking about the city council when you're talking about the mayor you know these aldermen's all that stuff to have that kind of power where you can literally just decide which businesses live and which ones die because if those mayors would have properly used um, all the tools at their disposal, they could have squashed a lot of these um, uh, riots easily. I mean, we, we, we saw that earlier this year. We've seen it uh, whenever there's um, something that goes against the approved narrative. It's quick to be squashed. Remember in March and April of 2020, when people were protesting against lockdowns, those things were those things were uh, treated like it was uh, a national security issue or they, these people are now a threat. And then the media tried to give it a spin where it's a racial thing, trying to only show that, you know, white people were at these protests. But then it got a little bit harder as more and more blacks, Hispanics and Asians started going to these things saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, this is. <laughs> This is crap. You know, you you shouldn't you can't tell us that we can't leave our own homes. You can't force us to do this or that. Which made it a little bit harder to uh, to spin that that narrative, you know, but that was April. Let's go to May. So May, May, we had the, the that gas line shut down. Remember that there was that big cyber attack. And, and people couldn't get gas and, and people were trying to figure out what, what the heck they're going to do. And it created issues all over the East Coast. And, of course, at the same time, we had um, another pipeline project that was that was uh, suspended and later shut down completely. Which is making all this stuff very confusing, you know, where, where you everything's fine. Then we have all these projects and plans that'll make things easier. And the, the bureaucracy gets in the way, makes things harder, screws things up, and then gets to come in and then try to help us. It, it's You're trying to save us from the problem that you caused. Right. Okay. Let's go to May. May. All right. So the big thing in May was that anti-abortion bill that the uh, Texas governor signed that everyone got all... Uh, all up in arms over and excited over 
you know, because we love our social issues. Uh, we, we love a lot of interesting things in this country, um, but we love our tribalism. We love our political cults and we love just going to battle over social issues, which there are times that there, there's a time and a place to focus on these things. It's not all crap. A big chunk of it is, but not all of it. But at some point, sooner or later, we have to step back and focus on the the big picture and, and, and other things, not just the handpicked social issues that the media decides and, and whoever controls them. I can take some guesses, um, but whatever they decide, oh, this is what you should care about right now. Shove it down our throats. We accept it. And then we just argue. Usually it's two sided because that's that's we've been dumbed down to, to the point where we only can think you know, two sides. It always has to be red versus blue, black versus white, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice. We can't think outside of those parameters. You know, and and the same thing is, is, is happening here. I mean, we saw it all over all over the news and um, everywhere else where you had pro-life versus pro-choice and um, each side picking apart the bill, taking out the pieces that suits their uh, uh, their position and ignoring uh, other chunks, you know. So, um, of course, me, I don't really have a dog in this fight when it comes to these bills. I mean, I, I just see them as a, as a giant distraction um, when it comes to abortion. I mean, I'm 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 a man. So, like I said before, I don't really have a dog in this fight. Um, but I am against the the government being involved in in this at all, any part of this process whatsoever. Um, I can I'm completely against um, uh, someone using my, my my tax dollars to subsidize the choices that someone else is making, you know. And and that's how I feel about welfare. That's how, and not just you know the welfare welfare. I'm talking about also corporate welfare as well. Um, but that's just my perspective there. But anywho. That's May. Now, July. I'm going to skip over June because June, uh, June, that, that's my birthday month. You know, it was it was it was a decent, you know, we still had our supply chain shortages. We were still trying to bounce back from the cyber attack on on that pipeline, the gas and diesel pipelines and all that stuff. All the issues along the East Coast. But June wasn't too bad. July, we had the billionaires in space. <laughs> where we had uh, Richard Bronson and uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, they had their little race to see who can get uh, just barely, just barely in that, in that uh, upper atmosphere, just, just barely, you know, just lightly touch space a little bit because these billionaires in this country increased their wealth by over a trillion dollars during 2020. Um, hmm. And who knows the numbers for this year? Can't find those yet. But their wealth has become so enormous. Their influence, their power, all that consolidation that took place. The greatest transfer of wealth in human history in 2020, partially thanks to the CARES Act. Um, they were able to just race to see who can get to space. And then next, who knows, maybe they'll race to get to the moon while a uh, large portion of us continue to starve and deal with all kinds of crap uh, down here on Earth. You know, who knows? Elon Musk might even uh, 
uh, fulfill his, his dream of colonizing Mars by, well, he keeps moving the dates around. He's not very good with meeting deadlines, but uh, 20, I think 2050 was the last thing. Pretty much whenever their stock price or their stock valuation for Tesla or whatever starts to drop a little bit, you'll notice uh, he'll come out with some outlandish claim, um, whether it deals with Neuralink or um, or the uh, colossal failure Solar City, um, or it deals with uh, with Tesla or SpaceX or, or whatever. He'll come out with some new thing and some some ridiculous deadline. People will eat it up, get excited. Stock evaluation goes up a little bit more, and then he waits. You know, it's it's a pretty clever con. I think it's gonna it's gonna go down as one of the greatest cons in in history, because the bubble will burst at some point. But anyway, well, since I'm since I'm talking about billionaires, another thing for July. So July was the start of the uh, trial. Uh, Elon Musk was on trial for the questionable acquisition of Solar City by Tesla. Um, I think a lot of people don't don't really know a whole lot about this um, or about these cases um, because, well, the media doesn't serve us. It serves their uh, their benefactors. It serves the special interests. It doesn't serve the people. We're not meant to be well-informed, well-educated. Uh, we're, we're meant to be guided like sheep by our shepherd. So with this particular case, uh, what happened here was uh, – Solar City was his baby, another one of his babies, and he played the same game to keep the stock, uh, keep the stock evaluation up, uh, to try and keep the stock price up by coming up with these ridiculous claims um, that they're revolutionizing solar technology, and they've got these special solar panel shingles they're going to start installing on different roofs. Um, even claimed that they already had homes they were putting them on, which was completely false. Um, and he did this not so much, uh, you know, j just for for the audience, for the people that were listening in, for the people that just kind of drool and, and clap their hands every time he says something. And they think that, you know, he's some genius when I, I can assure you that he is not. Um, but he was doing this um, to keep his uh, investors appeased while they tried to finalize the acquisition of Solar City by Tesla. Now, at the time, Solar City was uh, $2.8 billion in debt and was bleeding money. Um, and it was a company that was going to be dead in less than six months. And there were other companies that were tied to it because it's one big giant scheme. And apparently collecting billions of dollars a year in taxpayer subsidies just isn't enough. Um, so he had to work out a deal where Tesla would purchase uh, Solar City. And uh, it, it worked out well for him. Uh, he made tens of millions of dollars um, off of that transaction. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Actually, no, s several billion if you count everything. If you count, you know, cash in hand, if you count uh, the, the stock options, all that stuff, um, I believe it was several billion dollars. Uh, so surprisingly, quite a few of the investors and different people um, uh, with, with Tesla and, and members of the board and people just kind of raise their hand and say, wait a minute, I don't, I don't, we weren't really consulted on this and we weren't given all the facts. We were told that solar city was, um, uh, had, had financial stability, had assets, which all that turned out to be a lie. So that's another one of those cases. Um, uh, I'm curious to see if it gains any momentum. Probably not. 
uh, considering that the media just did a complete blackout on it. Uh, since it wasn't on any, I didn't see it on anything. I had to dig around, you know? So anyway, that's that. So let's go to August. August, we had the uh, $2 trillion, $2 trillion, 20-year uh, adventure or quest uh, to replace the Taliban, apparently with the Taliban, because that's just how it all ended up. Uh, so, and that's a lowball estimate. When you're talking long term. It's it's actually closer to about five trillion dollars. Um, but initially, we'll go at two trillion dollars, just thrown away. Over eighty billion dollars in military equipment, hardware were left behind. Prisoners were left behind. Um, we we saw the footage of people scrambling to get to the airport. Um, uh, U.S. citizens abandoned and all that stuff. And who was held accountable? Well, no one really, because that that's how it works. I mean. That, that's just the way it is. Something colossal happens that results in the death or injury of thousands or, or hundreds or whatever. Um, uh, hundreds of people, you know, their lives are, are, are put at risk and, and they're put in harm's way. And no one, no one's fired, really, except for anybody who speaks up saying, hey, you know, different people need to be held accountable. They're, those are the individuals that are held accountable, whoever steps up and says too much. It's interesting how that works. And this this happened in August. This was in August. And the American people, for the most part, from what I can tell, has moved on because we've been conditioned to have the um, the 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 attention span of a goldfish. Huge, colossal failure, huge. And we've already moved on. So going from August because I don't want I want to try and keep this under 30 minutes. I'm going to I'm just going to dive through a couple of quick ones here. So. We got the federal vaccine mandate for soldiers and federal employees, which that's something that's still ongoing. And here we are in December and we reached the point now where there are people that have that are quitting and and retiring early. Um, uh, People that are getting kicked out and separated and all that stuff. That's the stage we're at now. Uh, So. So much for that whole my, my body, my choice. Apparently it only applies when the mainstream media tells us it applies. Uh, to an approved narrative or an approved topic, uh, when it's something outside of that, when it's something that um, the special interests want, then we just have to go along for the ride. It, that seems to be the way these things go. So, you know, we, we had that. We had supply shortages. Um, we had the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse being cleared of all charges. Uh, you remember that? The whole Kenosha, um, mostly peaceful, mostly fiery protests that were going on in Kenosha, Wisconsin where uh, businesses are being looted, smashed, burned to the ground. And Kyle Rittenhouse was there doing medical aid on different people. And then someone tried to jump him. Uh, Several people grabbed his rifle and it just didn't end well for them. Uh, So turns out you can defend yourself. If someone's pointing a pistol at your face and you have a loaded gun in your hand, you can defend yourself. So there's that. November, we had the climate change agreement between 190 countries in uh, Glasgow, Scotland. So we had thousands of people flying their private jets and on their private yachts and all that good stuff go all the way there to sign in some agreement that really doesn't mean anything. But it does feel good every once in a while where someone says, hey, look, we're part of the Paris Climate Accords. Hey, we're part of this, this and this, you know, good, good for you. But what, what does it actually do? You know, China's on board, really. Yeah, that that means a whole lot to me. 
you know, sure. Yeah. They, they have millions of people in slave labor camps and all kinds of craziness going on <laughs> over there. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. We can totally trust them. <laughs> sure. But anyway, I mean, it's much easier to pick on, pick on the U S when it comes to fighting climate change, you know, cause we get so wrapped up in that, that we don't take the time to think about the fact that climate is always changing. It has always been a thing since the dawn of time. <laughs> but, but anyway, there's that. Then we had Biden sign his uh, trillion dollar infrastructure bill, his uh, trillion dollar money laundering infrastructure bill. I'm sorry. It just seems to be the way a lot of these things pan out where it feels like a money laundering scheme. So we had that. Oh, uh, and we also had Miss Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's little partner in crime. She was just convicted on five or six uh, charges that were brought against her. And that was another case that should have been in mainstream media, but it wasn't. And I guess we're just going to all forget um, about the royal elites, the political elites, the corporate elites and the individuals that were that visited that that horrible island um, and, and partook in those criminal acts, those heinous acts. You know, we're not really going to dig into any of that. So everyone just forget and just move on. Oh, look, the you know, the Omicron variant. Let's focus on that. You know, hey, look over here and just dangle some keys, you know. But anyway. Those are just a couple of headlines. There were a whole lot more that happened, but I want to try and keep it scaled, uh, keep this within 30 minutes. Um, but um, just a couple things I just wanted to touch on. Um, if there's anything I missed, please feel free to let me know. Maybe I'll squeeze in a part two if I have some time. Um, but I wish everyone a great deal of success and a little bit of luck in 2022. Hopefully more people will start to pay attention to what's happening around them. Maybe give the mainstream media a break and focus on independent media. But anyway, thank you for support. Thank you for your donations. Thank you for your time. And we'll talk again soon. Snell Nation out.